0: Welcome, everybody, to episode number 12 of 357. Back here, a little later Thursday night than normal, but we had a good, good reason for it. It's Purdue, Indiana came down to the last few seconds. Kellen told me, I think Monday night, I think it was after yeah. we recorded, um, that he he had a fit ready, win or lose, for Thursday's recording. And he's right in front of me right now. And, Colin, you want to you let everybody yeah, know? Yeah. About he got the hat, he's got the shirt, he's got the famous Indiana warm-up pants. Oh, yeah. So we have,
1: well, on this hat, there's Victor Oladipa, Cody Zeller, Wofford, pretty much everyone from the 2013 team that beat Kentucky, which was the last time Indiana rushed the court before tonight. But, yeah, I got to, I mean, every time I play Purdue, last nine times it hasn't gone so good, but got to bring out the candy-striped pants and, I mean, the hat. And, of course, the shirt. I have a jersey, but it's really small, so I just want to – Who? Who's the jersey of? It's. There's no name on – none of the jerseys have names yeah. from Indiana, but it's 11, so it's like – it's Yogi Ferrell, but – Okay. Or Isaiah Thomas, but – Got it. It's
0: really small. All right. But, yeah, big, gigantic win for that team. Uh, that was one of the eight games we picked. I'll just get into it now. And uh, – Kellen and the computer. The computer also picked Indiana. I was the one that did not. I was the one that uh did not look. Oh
1: baby, dub, Indiana.
0: Yeah. Yep. And they they took a computer had 6860, which I don't even think it was that far off. No, that was really close. Six it
1: was sixty three, sixty-five to
0: sixty-three, I think. Yeah, so good for him. Yeah, for him, I, 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 I give him extra points though. <laughs> Speaking of which, you almost had us on Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Tuesday. Pewter picked Oklahoma, we both picked Kansas. That game came down to it, and uh, it wasn't for a last second by Christian Braun. Who knows? Oh, yeah, it was a good shot. Yeah, to recap it real quick, uh, solid week for everybody. You did the best five and one. Uh, you messed up was. Uh, let me I see. I went four and two because I picked Iowa State and didn't they lose four and two?
1: No, they beat Texas Tech. They we all, all got that one, yeah. They beat them at like 15-2. I'm pretty sure. Isaiah. I think it was Texas Tech, are right? you? Because I was watching the game with 10 minutes left and they were down 15. Let me, yeah. Texas Tech won by 12. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's all right. I was just, I was like, you don't have to give me an extra win,
0: I'll take <laughs> the loss. Good point, good point. So maybe we maybe we didn't have great weeks then. I don't know. It was okay. You're, you're still on top there. Four and two You messed up on that. And you messed up on Illinois Purdue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which Illinois Purdue, we already went over, but yeah. one of my three players is from, uh, to like highlight from these picks, uh, Sasha Stevanovich, which um, he also just had, uh, he was a guest on the bench mob, podcast and i just um looked at the interview real quick because i knew that he was going to talk about indiana some and i mean i'm an indiana fan so i'm kind of like supposed to hate purdue but after listening to him i mean i kind of liked him he was a cool guy he was pretty relaxed he didn't really have any hate for indiana it was funny jake marsh asked him what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear indiana hoosiers and he said good basketball program so that was cool. But um he had a great night. 22 points, eight rebounds, two assists, six for eleven from the field, and five for eight from three. And I wasn't they did get the win, but I did want to give a shout out to all the other Illinois guards. Um, Alfonso Plummer was six for twelve from three with about around 20 points. Trent Frazier had a really good game, and then also uh Corbello in his return had a great game, hit some awesome shots. I mean, we pretty much already talked about it, but Oh, yeah. Uh um, that was a quick shout out, and then Sasha was my
0: first player. All right. Yeah, that was that was a really good game. So yeah, uh <clears throat> overall you went four and two, three and three. Computer went two and four. So overall records now you're a 42 and 28. We're starting to separate ourselves a little bit here. I'm at 40 and 30. Computer is at 30 and 40. So uh, a little bit of grind he's got to make up there. All right. Getting into we got eight games. Big weekend in college hoops as we get closer and closer. I saw the my first the first tweet I'd say this year related to conference tournaments. People started talking about conference tournament schedules, which always, it's, it's always a little rush of excitement. Closer and closer to March. Got my tickets locked in. I'll be in Buffalo, twenty minutes away for first and second round. They'll be back here for the first time since 2016. I was in sixth grade, and I went to all games then. So should be fun. 2016 was uh, teams that were in Buffalo. Divin- I saw DiVincenzo and Nova lose second round to Wisconsin. Nigel Hayes, uh, Bronson Koenig, that whole team. Uh, and then West Virginia won the other one, the other little sub, the little pod, whatever, with uh, Javon Carter. I don't know. Or who else is on that team? Anyways, I got those tickets locked in, so I'm excited for that. We're getting closer to March. It's always good. All right, we got eight games here. Let's get right into it. Purdue, Indiana already went over that. Now, hopping into another game tonight. <laughs> Cowan flashed the dub for
1: uh, is the computer. Who would the computer pick? I uh, picked Indiana. Oh, Six yeah, that's right. Game. You said it got the score right. Yeah,
0: okay. Got that one. Now, we're hopping over to another mid major game, the other game tonight. We haven't done a lot of West Coast. Especially not Mountain West. So I figured we go out for Boise State, Utah State.
1: Yeah, I like this pick.
0: All right. And you, do you want to go first, then?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm picking Boise State. Um, We haven't picked too many, uh, what, or what is it, Mountain West games? This game is uh, about halftime. Boise State's down eight, but I had already marked down Boise State. Uh, They're similar, both at the top of the, around the top of the mountain west they're two good teams we've talked about justin being on utah state but that's kind of their only one of their i mean it's their go-to guy and it's he does a lot for them and i'm just more of a fan of boise state they have more guys overall can get done us their senior guard marcus shaver is really good he's 14 points per game he's their primary ball handler and uh, I like Boise State in this one. They are down eight right now, but um, I think they can come back. Or it's 6 Twenty-four
0: thirty 24-30 halftime. 24-30 halftime. All right. And I'm going to agree with you here. I think you said be pretty well. I, I also am taking Boise State. I watched a lot of – I mean, I watched a live but... taped. I wanted to see Utah State, Fresno State play. Another team, Fresno State I'm uh, pretty high on with Orlando Robinson, really good underrated center. Could see him in future mid-major Mondays. Really good player. But um, I want to see that matchup. And things jumped on me about Utah State. Like you said, they really don't have a consistent second option behind Justin Bean. I know they had a couple guys out for that game. Brock Miller, if anybody remembers last year, the bald guy on Utah State, he was kind of hard to miss. That's Brock Miller. Uh, Brandon Horvath uh, transferred with Ryan Odom from UMBC when he went to Utah State. Uh, Those are two really good wings, but not really consistent wings, and they're both hurt right now. They're both hurt for that game. So you end up with being a guy, and when you go up against a team with even a solid big that can, you know, hold them in check, I think that, you know, it's that's not good for Utah State. Really inconsistent offense overall, too. And Boise State, uh, really good last year, one of the most underrated teams, I thought, super athletic. They bring back a lot of that athleticism again this year. Uh, Marcus Shaver, Jr., Emmanuel Akat mentioned shaver but yeah, two really athletic guys that both came back for him uh really good backcourt. they're kind of flying under the radar i mean never yeah. really had any big wins uh beat old miss and temple i mean they had a couple bad losses but i mean they're starting they're starting to pick things back up i think they could make some noise in the mountain west i mean already they're four no and uh i think they're flying under a lot of people's radars i think boise state Computer also picked Boise State as well in a close one, 61 59. Yeah, I mean, Mountain West is
1: genuinely a better conference than the ACC, and it's way too underrated and it's not talked about enough. Boise State, Wyoming, San Diego State, Colorado State, Fresno State, and Utah State are all teams who could compete in the ACC right now, I think. Maybe they wouldn't be at the top, but they would compete. And some of these teams could even since it's out west um i feel like could join the pac-12 i could see boise state and colorado state like joining the pac-12 i'm not saying i want that to happen because i kind of like the competitiveness and some good underrated teams in mid-major conferences i don't like when they just pack the like i i hate that oklahoma and texas are joining the sec and college football but i mean mountain west is really underrated and i hope they get at least three or four teams in this year. They should, they should at least get two. But I'm hoping at least three or four.
0: Yeah, San Diego State and Colorado State definitely locks. And then, I mean, I mean, we talked about Wyoming.
1: Yeah, they were. I was just gonna say, hopefully Boise State and Wyoming because, yeah, Wyoming's been in our top forty. Colorado State and San Diego State have consistently been in it for a few weeks. I don't think. Um, What's the other team?
0: It's Fresno State.
1: Yeah, Fresno State. They haven't been in it yet, but they're top 50, 55.
0: So, yeah. So, yeah, really. I mean, Mountain West Conference, this is a good place to start in case and it's probably over by the time you, you watch this, but they'll definitely have games Saturday. It's the little things like now that CBS, I know, has had the Mountain West. I think they broadcast a few, games, a few of their games on main CBS um, each year. So, yeah, Maybe check your station. might have some Mountain West basketball on. All right, moving on to the Big Ten, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to take this one first. Uh, went against Wisconsin Monday. Almost worked out. Didn't really. They pulled away at the end. But I'm going to do it again. I Especially the way they played against Northwestern just makes me more confident they're due for a loss, especially in the Big Ten. I think Michigan State, they're going to be determined coming off of uh, – uh, have they played a game since since Northwestern? Uh, no. no. I don't think yeah. so. So they are going to be motivated. They don't. That, that they're going to be motivated coming off that loss, and they're going to want to prove it in Wisconsin's arena. Uh, cool. Something center. Cole Center. Cole Center. Cole Center, Wisconsin. Really tough place to play, but Izzo will have the boys ready. Uh, The key, I, I think – yeah, they have Max put Max Christie on Johnny Davis. I don't think it's going to totally work, but I think it better than a lot of what a lot of teams can do against him. Um, and then the athleticism of Brown Bingham. <clears throat> you need really two of those three guys to have good games, which I definitely think can happen. I don't think Wisconsin has any great defensive players. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think they really have any great defensive wings. It's mainly just uh, Chris Voten at center. That's a good rim protector. But I you know, I'm really. I'm not really really too confident in their wings. I think Michigan State takes advantage of that and they win.
1: So I'm picking Wisconsin here. I did go with them against Northwestern, and they pulled through for me. It was close, like you said. But um, one thing that I realized: one of my friends is a Wisconsin fan, and I look. I feel like we haven't talked about them nearly as much. They're ranked number eight, ranked eighth. And they haven't lost since that embarrassing Ohio State loss by like 20. So they've been on a roll recently. Johnny Davis is definitely the favorite for National Player of the Year. And everyone, like, I mean, you just said it pretty well. Everyone keeps saying they're due for a loss and they keep expecting them to lose, but they just don't lose. They beat Purdue at Mackey Arena, which is one of the top five, three or five hardest places to play in the Big Ten. And I mean, it's the Big Ten any, anyway, it's the most competitive conference um, play. I think, and they beat Iowa, Maryland, Ohio state again, just beat Northwestern on the road. And now they're going back to Cole center and they're playing Michigan state. And I do think that it'll be a tough matchup. I think this Michigan state and Illinois are the two toughest they'll have to play against. Um, Cause I think Max Christie can do some work against Johnny Davis. No one will be able to shut him down, but also Gabe Brown has been really good so far. Um, I got Wisconsin. I don't want to pick against them right now because everyone who is is losing, and they just keep winning. They're fifteen and two. They're one of the most surprising teams this year, and Johnny Davis is
0: ridiculous. I will agree with you on that. He is ridiculous. I don't know. You are texting me. I mean, Tuesday, Big Twelve, Big I mean, Big Twelve realistically can get.
1: Yeah, I I think the Big Twelve is the most competitive, but I think the Big Ten is the. Hardest, the hardest to play in, in the most, um, like the best atmospheres. Because I would say the Big 12 is similar to the Big 10, but I think in like the SEC and the ACC, it's a lot of, um, quick play, it's a lot of like up and down, fast breaks. But in the Big 10, it's more of like grit and grind, it's a lot of inside play, a lot of bigs. When you think of the best bigs, like centers, not just forwards like Bankero or Jabari Smith, they're usually from the Big 10. And uh, I don't yes,
0: know. No, that, that's, that's definitely true.
1: Yeah. And the big yeah. two is somewhere in between. Yeah. It's still the most competitive this year and the best.
0: Yep. And the computer uh, died with me on this one. It took Michigan State 78 72. So you're going to be on your own with this one tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Uh, no, wait. It's tomorrow or Saturday. I think this one might be tomorrow, though. It's, yeah. It's tomorrow at nine. All right. Yeah. Tomorrow at nine. All right, moving to the SEC for a couple games, a couple Saturday games, LSU-Tennessee. I'm going to go first with this one. So,
1: what, well, we picked Tennessee last week, didn't we? Or we picked them within the last week.
0: Yeah, and well, we picked the Kentucky game.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And basically I said that I hate Kentucky. I think they're bad. and Or not Kentucky, sorry, Tennessee. And I picked Kentucky because I was like, Tennessee's terrible. Fulkerson sucks. One of my my last random shit um was how bad Fulkerson in his career has been against Kentucky. And I'm gonna go against everything I said and pick Tennessee. Um I don't really know if it's an upset. I would feel like it is. They're they're home and they're favored somehow, but I don't think it's the upset. Or I yeah, I think it's, it's the upset, but they're but regardless, I'm picking L or Tennessee here. Um it goes against everything i said i really shouldn't explain myself because everything i'm going to say is going to contradict what i said last time but lsu just lost um to alabama who i picked and they're playing another game on the road so this would be their third loss in a row which is really unlikely but i don't know their defense has been slowing down these last two games They had the best defense in the country. They just allowed 65 and then 70 from Alabama, which isn't a lot, but they can't seem to score. And Tennessee can't either, but it's an upset pick. So that's all I got to say.
0: All right, yeah, and I'm going to go against you again here. I'm going to take LSU. Um, No, they haven't looked good. They were rolling through the SEC, and now they suffered two losses in a row, but I think the perfect opportunity for them to bounce back. It's a good defense going up against a bad offense for the most. Completely right. I mean, uh, I, we saw it last night or, yeah, no, Tuesday night. Their game against Vanderbilt. They only scored 68 against Vandy. And it was close up until yeah. the last couple minutes. And he's not. That's a team. If you're in the top 25, I know they're a little better this year, but you should be beating Vandy by 15. May, maybe 10. Maybe I'll, I'll give you 10. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt's generally just one of the teams that you beat up on in the SEC.
0: Yeah. And you beat them by eight, and you probably should have won by less. Uh, so, yeah, this is a really inconsistent offense for me, and I think LSU can put the clamps on them, which we'll do. Tari Easton has a big game. I don't know who's going to be on him. Probably like Josiah Jordan-James or something, maybe Walkerson. I think those are both good matchups for LSU, and they win. But the computer's going to go with you this time and take Tennessee 68-61. computer. All right, now to the biggest game of the weekend. I think it's pretty easy to do that yeah. Kentucky and Auburn. People have been circling this one for a while, and especially this last week when they both got those big wins. Yes. So, do you want me to go first for this one? Uh, I'm actually going to go first for this one. I kind of want to okay. do. It.
1: Um, Kentucky's been on a roll. Auburn's been on a roll. Been on a roll. They're arguably the best team. If it wasn't for Jesse Newell. They would have been the number one seed. A quick thing here. This, I mean, I could say this for the random shit, actually I will. I'll say this for the random shit report, but um, Auburn could have been number one. They both won like five ish in a row. And you're right. This is a game that everyone's circled. Everyone's waiting for it's at Auburn and I'm picking Auburn. I think a lot of people are expecting Kentucky to pull off the upset because of Shebway and Kentucky's looked really hot right now, shooting wise. They, their offense has been on point. And Auburn's, they've got Jabari Smith and they've got Wendell Green, who are their primary scorers. Kessler's been really good for them, too. Their big man, who I think will, I, I think he's going to be the best matchup you get against Sheebway. He's 7 1. He's like, he had definitely a presence in the paint. He's 245, 7 1. But I think it'll be really close, but I think it'll come down to Auburn, um, Auburn's defense, and I think they're gonna kind of put Kentucky in check and slow down this offensive tear that they've been on these last
0: like week and a half ish. Yep, yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna throw in here. I think a lot of people think it's Kentucky because I mean we gotta forget or we can't forget. Still in college basketball, there's a lot of name brand bias. And people are still going to pick Kentucky just because that has been the historically team that should win. That's not the case here. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm taking Auburn. The The culture that Bruce Pearls built with this Auburn team this year is great, especially coming off of last year, uh, I think sub 500 in the SEC had Cooper, who was drafted, but still they, uh, um, and JT Thor, who I think was the first rank too, but they couldn't make the tournament. They had a postseason ban under 500 in the SEC, and now he's turned to a one loss, number two in the country. I mean, I'm looking on the ESPN preview here. You can't get a ticket for lower than 390. That, that's that's crazy to me, just in a year, how he's turned it around. And the key here, of course, Kentucky's guards are going to match up well with Auburn's guards. Um, I mean, Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady. They can hold Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, and Shaq. Kessler on Sheboy, good matchup for Auburn. Who's on Jabari Smith? Keon Brooks Jr.? Uh, that that's a That's a great matchup for Auburn. Or you put on him, he's not mobile enough. And then you have Kessler in the paint. I think that's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, that's uh, like Auburn's matchups.
0: Yeah, and Auburn's at home too. Like I said, culture... I saw a video. They were standing two hours before a, the game against Georgia, who's w- worse than Vanderbilt this year. Two I mean, hours
1: before. Best m- Power 5 school against the worst Power 5
0: <laughs> Yeah. Two hours before the game. Massive line to watch them blow out Georgia. This is an entire – I mean, I wouldn't say it's as big as football in the SEC nothing's ever called yeah. to them. But the culture, it's close to it the way that, that they've rallied around. Auburn right now. So that'll be a big game. I think Auburn comes out with it. Computer hates everything (laughs) Auburn, apparently, and is going to take Kentucky in this one. Uh, He does think it'll be close, very close, 67-6. But he thinks Kentucky's going to pull it out. All right, we got three more games. Move on to a different conference. We're going to go back to the Midwest, Big 12, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Um, I'll go first for this one. Yeah. And I'm going to Baylor. This wasn't necessarily too hard of a prediction for me to make. I think Porter Moser is a good coach. He's going to turn around at Oklahoma, but he's got to adjust to life in the Big 12. And this team, it's good. Tanner Groves, good. Uh, Emoji Gibson, good. They just don't have the talent to match up with Baylor's talent. yeah they beat Virginia without a Kinjo and Jeremy Sochan, so- they can beat Oklahoma away. Yeah, I think
1: simple as that. Baylor's winning this one too. It was also a pretty easy pick for me. Um, Aylers only two losses are at home, so there's really no. Um, I mean, they can lose at home and they can lose on the road, but it's at Oklahoma. But they've Oklahoma's lost three in a row, and I like before those three losses, the I was really disappointed to not see them in the top twenty-five. I thought it was a mistake. they were 26 they got the second of the most votes to not be in but I was like this team's really good they're competitive in the big 12 they should be in but they've lost three in a row and I mean I've been proved wrong and yeah it's just as simple as Baylor has more talent and um, similar to the game we just picked the matchups for Baylor just work in their favor yep
0: computer big Oklahoma fan again uh computer is gonna take Oklahoma here. Almost worked out last time, so I guess I can see it. He has them blowing him out. 89 to 70. So we'll see. We'll see how he does. He's, he's got he's got something cooking over there. I don't know if there's anything good, but trying to do something. All right. Move on to our last two games. Uh over to the Big East for a couple, beginning with a couple teams. I mean, Seton Hall we picked last week, but St. John's we haven't really talked about too much this year. So I thought this would be a good game, especially with St. John's at home, Seton Hall and St. John's, um, which I'm going to take Seton Hall for this one. Seton St. Hall. John's a good team. Uh, no, they're they're like properly rated. They have, I mean, yeah. Julian uh, Shimpenny, yeah, really good at that clutch three against UConn a couple weeks ago. Posh Alexander, point guard, especially for the Big East. That's about it. They don't have an answer for Alex. No, on the inside. They don't really have an answer for Kadari Richmond. I mean, yeah, you put Champagny on him, but you put Champagny on – I'm imagining they'll put Champagny on Qadari Richmond. Um, Bryce Aiken will probably be guarded by Alexander. Then you got Jared Roden to deal with. I think Seton Hall is too much talent. So you're going with Seton Hall?
1: Yep. I do think they have more talent with uh Roden and Aiken. I'm picking St. John's, though, Uh with – it's at um, it's in Madison Square Garden. So St. John's is home. They both teams are coming off losses. Uh, Seton Hall lost a close one to Marquette, and then they got beat by DePaul too, which were two pretty disappointing losses. I'm so confused how they went up in the ranking or in the rankings after losing both those games. But because um, I'm saying they're 24 after the UConn win, and then they go to 20. In the two losses after that, but um doesn't matter. I'm picking St. John's. They played Indiana earlier in the year, and Champagne was great. He is really good at creating his own shot. He's averaging 21 points, seven rebounds for St. John's. He pretty much does it all. He's a six, eight guards. So he's kind of similar to like like Buddy Beheim in the way that he handles the ball. He shoots a lot, like Justin Bean, guys like those who are. Not really wings, but not guards, but they handle the ball a lot. And uh, Posh Alexander's been a good uh, the other true point guard for them that has been pretty good. He's averaging 15 5 and 5. And uh, I like St. John's in this one. Seton Hall has been a little just slow and anticlimactic recently. And St. John's is probably the second where. On the bottom of the Big East, Butler's probably the worst team. Or Georgetown. Georgetown and Butler are the bottom. But after that, it's probably St. John's and DePaul. But, I mean, I think St. John's can do it. Big East is pretty competitive this year, and it's not going to be an easy path for any of these teams. Even Villanova is going to take a few. They already have.
0: Yeah, that's no no better way to represent that than last year when it was Georgetown that got the auto bid. You know, what, well, like, eight seed, nine seed? Patrick Ewing made it to the tournament. Yeah. I don't know how much longer I'll be there now, but yeah, yeah nice run. Uh, but, yeah, you went with St. John's here. Computer's going with me. Took Seton Hall 92-69, to so don't think it'll be very close. Uh, now to our final game, staying in the Big East for a Sunday game, Xavier and Marquette. Want to go with this one? Or you want yeah,
1: I actually do. Uh, I'm picking Marquette uh, kind of going against my – hometown with Xavier. Uh, It's at Marquette, but Xavier's still the better team. I would say they have more talent and they're the favorite. Shaka Smart has done a great job at Marquette so far this year. He has already has the same amount of wins this year as they finished with last year. So any, just, even if they don't make the tournament, which I think they should, and they will, I think they will. Um, It's been an improvement since last year, unless they like lose out, but like nonetheless, it's been an improvement. Shaka Smart's done uh, great things for the uh, program. They just beat Villanova too, which was huge. And now they're, and it was at Villanova too. Now they're going home, they're playing Xavier. And I mean, they have a pretty tough stretch of games up. They have Xavier, Seton Hall and Providence, which the next two are both away. And I said this the last time when we picked them again, when we picked the Marquette and what was it? I think it was a Seton Hall or, paul game, I forget. But yeah, yeah. uh Justin Lewis was one of my difference makers. He's really good for this team. He's a forward, he's a freshman too. He's been really good. I know um Daryl morcells also in double digit points, but uh I really like Justin Lewis on Marquette and I have them over Xavier in this one who just beat DePaul and Jack Nunji had a really big game. I know you've been um, eyeing him and talking about him recently. He had 23 points. Um, in that game, but I have Marquette in this one.
0: Yeah, uh, good win for Xavier, but keeping it that close to DePaul worries me a little yeah. bit. Um, and they didn't even have uh, Freeman Liberty either; he was yeah, out. Yeah, also good player by far. Uh, but Paul still kept it close. Props to the I really like what Tony Fields doing there. I think I've already said it once before, but he looks like he's you know doing. We're sort of revitalizing that program a little bit, starting to at least. I mean, I saw a tweet. I agree with it. I wouldn't be surprised as soon as the next three years to Paul do a tournament, which would kind of be crazy. They might make it before Northwestern goes back, which which would be a little uh, a little worrying for Northwestern fans. But uh, I have, I also have Marquette for this one. I mean, we talked about how Bruce Pearl's recoverance culture over up in Milwaukee. I think Shaka Smart's doing the same thing in Marquette. Team wasn't that good last year. Got some good freshmen, got some transfers, uh, and oh, four game or no, five game win streak in the Big East. Three of those were ranked teams, um, and now they get three of those are ranked teams, and only one of them was a win. Still, that was the be- the biggest one against Villanova. Now they get another ranked team at home in Pfizer Forum, and you you said it best, Justin Lewis, really good wing, really athletic can score at all levels, can affect the game on defense too. Um, he could be one of those guys, stays for another year, shoots up draft boards. I can totally see that. Yes. Sophomore, sophomore year could be a big threat in the Big East. Um, but for now, the freshman still doing great. I think that's the key here for Xavier. And I think they're, they're going to be able to pull it out. And to finish it up, the computer going against us again. I think that's... All right, no Boise State. We were unanimous. From That every time me and you agree, the computer doesn't. Taking to Xavier, seventy-four to sixty-eight. I think it's starting. To, it might be starting to recognize the fact that it's behind yeah. us and it wants to make some moves to go against us. A... I feel
1: like we should name the computer at this point. It's pretty. I mean, the computer's pretty
0: opinionated. Like it deserves a name. That's true. That's a good point. Let that. us know. Let us know if you have a good name for the computer. If you're yeah. maybe we'll bring it back on Monday and after we yeah. Think. Yeah, by by Monday, we'll have a name. Yeah. Somebody sends it to us or we can come up with one ourselves. So That's we can say, it. like, the name picked something. Yeah. So, the computer or whatever. Good point. Yeah. We'll definitely have that on Monday. All right. Those are our picks. Come back here on Monday. See how we did. It's always, you know, it's always good to come back on Monday because Thursday we have more games for the weekend eight instead of six. So you come back on Monday. Big, you know, bigger change in our standings here. Okay. Moving on to some bubble talk. As we get into late January, this segment starts to get more and more important as we look at more and more teams, you know, closer to Selection Sunday. Look at some in the bubble. So, today we're in cover two. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of picking these teams right now as we go. And I'm going to talk about two teams. One of them, I already went a little in-depth about, so it's going to be really quick. The other one we'll talk a little more about. We're gonna start off here with state. Uh, I think this is this is perfect, as we just said. You just said how we want, uh, you know, we want the Mountain West to get. They're definitely going to get two. Three or four would be ideal. Four would be great if they can get two of Wyoming, Utah State. I, I'll throw in there now. Between Wyoming, Utah State, Fresno State, and this team, Boise State. So they can get two in which I think is perfectly I think it is very much possible good year for the mountain um but today we're gonna look at Boise state who after a rough start three and four start really heating up on a what's the win streak 10 10 game win streak so here are some of their losses. Um, I mean, obviously a rough one. It's looking to be worse and worse to Bond venture. First round of the Charleston Classic, they lost to them by six. Uh UC Irvine by eight isn't great. Worst one definitely Cal State Bakersfield at home. That one hurts. They in only a, scored 39, too. Yeah, a 46-39 game. Then you look at some of the positives. That Temple wins looking better, 20 points. Utah, not a bad team at all. I'd I mean. Torvik has them at 103, so a borderline top team in the country. You beat them by 20. Ole Miss by 10. They're not good. They're not awful, though. That's, that's a power win. Tulsa by five. Solid team. Santa Clara, very underrated team. You beat 12. Washington State by six is a big one. I mean, this team is starting to rack up these wins. And this weekend, by the time we come back on Monday, it's going to be huge for them to bubble. Everything I'm saying now might not even matter because they're away Utah State tonight, and then away San Diego State on Saturday. Pretty much, I'd probably say in terms of bubble, like, yeah, that, that's like the biggest two-game stretch in their field. Two huge games for them, and they have to win at least one, I'd say, to stay alive. But I think there's definitely potential. I say if you win two of Five, because they still have the top five teams in the mountain west. Utah State, San Diego State, Colorado State, Fresno State, Wyoming, all away. If you go in two of the five and then do what you have to do in the Mount West and make it to the semifinals at least, I'd say that puts you right on the bubble. Yeah, I think if I'm gonna, I'm gonna in buy in a on shot. What'd so, you say, Sarah? I, I I'm saying I, I'll give them a 50-50 shot because I think they probably win two of the five away games, and then on my predictions, probably like semifinals in the Mountain West, and that would probably put them right on the bubble. So I'd say maybe like forty forty percent chance for Boise State right now.
1: I like the pick. I think they definitely could do it. It's possible. Pretty much what all you said. If like the win, the games they have to win, and they have to play against the teams these away team these away games against the teams in the mountain west like san diego state and utah state right now and they have to be dominant at home but i like boise state they're my favorite my like my favorite to win the conference so i think boise state's i would buy on this take
0: okay all right yeah no well i mean definitely a team with a lot of athleticism of potential so we'll see what they can do um in march all right moving on to our second team back to power we're talking about the creighton blue jays this is a team nobody really had a lot of uh didn't really have a lot of expectations this year a lot of new guys ryan nemhard um who's the other freshman arthur kuma really good freshman class but really young still and this is Team like that seems like every time they had a bad win, they turned it into a good one. I mean, we see here they lost to Colorado State 14 14. Uh, good loss. Good loss. I'll give them that. You lose to Iowa State by six. Solid loss, but it's getting worse as we get into Big 12 play. You lose to Iowa State by six. Bounce back. Beat BYU by 12. Then you lose to Arizona State by one. Bad loss. You bounce back. You beat Villanova by 20 you beat Marquette in double overtime that's looking better you Bounce back you lose to Villanova by 34 so uh, this team is a weird team because they bow, they take these bad losses and they turn around and they get good wins and they beat St. John's by 23 i i don't want to say I'll, i'm bully buying in but i think this is a young team i think it's it's a case of where over the year they're going to you know over the, even over just this last month and a half of the regular season they're going to start gelling more the talents there Alex O'Connell transfer from Duke good forward nemhard good good point guard um Ryan Cock, uh, Cockbrenner, big guy good big uh, they, the talents there and I think as we move on they're going to start gelling together and I mean you look up ahead uh home Xavier away that three game shot, Next week, home Xavier away, UConn away, Seton Hall. Three huge games. I think how you're doing those if you lose all three, probably not. Probably not. You get at least one, not great, but you have a chance. You win at least two of those, which home Xavier, I think, is definitely possible. I could, I think, it's definitely to win at least one, especially away, Seton Hall. I think that could be an opportunity for them to get a big win. And uh you get two of those, I think they're in a good spot. I would buy.
1: Yeah, I'm not as certain on Creighton, just for like you said. They have talent, but they haven't – they've just been weird. They haven't been consistent, and they're really hard to predict. But last night against St. John's, Alex O'Connell was so good. He had – it was 9 for 14, 6 for 9 from 3, 28 points, and he just went off. It was his court. It was his game he did really good. He carried Creighton kind of, I mean, he was just a kind of star of the show for that game and they had a huge win too, but I'm not fully buying in on Creighton either. I think, I mean, their next two games aren't the toughest. It's DePaul and Butler. So, I mean, those should be wins. And they have, or they have a Xavier at home, but uh, they still have Georgetown twice it's not I mean they have a pretty light schedule of the big East left because they have Butler twice, Georgetown twice and DePaul twice still, which are the three weakest teams in the Big East or St John's but uh I don't know I can't fully buy in yet and I mean like you said they just have to kind of figure it out and gel together and once that happens, they'll be a great team.
0: Yeah, and yeah, if not this year, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much to fans. As long as there's no big mass, everybody transfers out, you guys should I, – I would bet money you guys are a transfer or, or a tournament team next year. So, don't make it this year, not the worst thing in the world. All right, moving on, final segment, random shit report. I'll let you go first because there was almost one you wanted to say earlier. I don't know what it is. Well, I have two, but this was the one I basically just thought of. But So, I mean, as
1: we know, on Monday we talked about the AP poll. And a lot of people were speculating, was Gonzaga going to be one? Was Auburn going to be one? Gonzaga hadn't played that good of competition, but they had blown everybody out and scored a ton of points, like 110-plus for three games. And Auburn had had two really good wins, and no one really knew. It ended up being Gonzaga. They were number one by, they were barely number one by four votes or four points, I think. I don't completely understand the voting system, but um, they were one by four points, and it really all come, came down to Jesse Newell. So Jesse Newell is an AP, I think we've talked about him, one of the AP voters. Um, there's, I think, 66 of them who uh, put in their top 25 ballots, and is kind of a consensus. They tally the points. And out of the 66, Jesse Newell has been kind of highlighted as the most bizarre one. He has the most unique picks, I guess you could say. He had Auburn at ninth in the most recent one. And had he have had them at fifth or higher, Auburn would have been number one. He had them at nine. And all he needed to do was have four spots higher. Auburn would have been the number one team. But he had teams like Villanova, Kansas, uh, Baylor, who had all lost. Um, Purdue, above Auburn, and I forget what he was using to do that. But he had teams. It was base. He was basically just using like home court advantage teams. He had Wisconsin at twenty third, just some pretty bizarre and, I mean, honestly terrible picks, but. That's my first random shit report.
0: Yeah, uh, Jesse Newell, very interesting guy. And I don't want to give him any more airtime than he deserves, but he's an interesting – very interesting guy. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Yeah, I actually – I I didn't really have any, you know, solid ones this week. I mean, just look at some scores. Memphis. Who knows what's going on with Memphis. I don't even want to get into that. We've talked about them so much. They lost SMU tonight at home. Uh, (laughs) SMU, I'll give them their – I mean, SMU's not the worst team to lose to. Kendrick Davis, really good guard. But you have two top five recruits and Penny Hardaway as your coach and a stacked coaching staff. You should not be losing at home to SMU. Uh, And then Georgetown, talked about them, how bad they are. They started off tonight with Don – 13 nothing took him six minutes to score a point. So, were they playing? Isn't it Providence? Uh, yep, Providence started that one down 13 0. All
1: right, I have one more, uh, one more random shit thing. And so I think, as a, pretty much everyone knows who was watching college basketball the other night, I think it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday night. Um, Florida State. Beat Duke.
0: Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that.
1: But – It It was at Florida State. Yeah. Um, But they beat Florida State. It was Leonard Hamilton's seventh time beating – seventh or eighth time beating Duke uh, at home, I think. And also – I mean, there's kind of two and one here. Leonard Hamilton, who is Florida State's coach since, like, 20 years, really underrated coach. Um, The first thing is that Florida State – this game went to overtime, by the way. Florida State won in overtime and Duke had the momentum going into overtime as well. Um, Florida State has won 13 overtime games in a row. That's a record in college basketball. Um, It's the longest streak right now. 13 games all under Leonard Hamilton in a row for Florida State. Second one is since Florida State beat Duke, Duke was ranked. Florida State's unranked. Leonard Hamilton passed passed a coach for the – most wins against a ranked team while being unranked and he passed the record while have, and he now has 55 wins under that circumstance, which is a lot of win 55 wins being unranked against a ranked team. And he has, I looked it up. He has about 450 all time wins, not just with Florida state too. And that's a lot. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know how much
0: that's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a decent percentage. I don't really know what it is right now. I don't really want to f- try to figure it out, but it's a decent – I mean, 50 out of 450 is pretty good. But can you guess who the coach he passed? He was tied at 54 with his coach. Tied at 54. With his coach for the most
0: – Yeah, I want to say he playing Coach K. I'd be surprised if his – no, his teams aren't that much. Hmm, it's a hard one because you got to think of – Yeah. I mean, good coaches have always – is, is it a, a big-name coach? Yeah, it is a big-name coach. Okay. Give you a hint. He passed Bob Knight.
1: Yeah, it's Bob Knight, which, I mean, I'm biased, and I thought that right away because I'm an Indiana fan, so I got it. <laughs> I was listening to – or reading something, and I didn't look at it because it was um, on a different thread. But uh, he passed Bob Knight to, for 55 wins um, as an unranked team against a ranked team, which I think is crazy. It's a lot of wins um, against big teams. I mean, getting it done – as the underdog leonard hamilton's underrated coach um yeah i just thought he deserved some airtime uh, yeah i mean florida state's underrated i think we also need to mention miami's win too kind of we've been down on the acc this year which is valid i think because the acc has sucked but miami uh isaiah wong had a huge game for them against unc they destroyed unc but i mean miami and florida State are. a Kind. I don't want to fully say that they're emerging, but they're emerging,
0: kind of. No, uh, they are. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah, um, they
1: both just beat Duke. They are coming off pretty big wins. I mean, Florida State's is Duke, but Miami's is this huge win against North Carolina, who needed this win um, for their resume because really, right now they don't have much because the Michigan win's not looking great, but. Those two teams, I could see being the three teams from the ACC. Because I don't, I mean, maybe Wake Forest that would be a throw up, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the Mountain West and the ACC should get the same amount, if not more, from the Mountain West to the tournament. And the
0: West Coast, for that matter, I wouldn't be so yeah,
1: puzzling. yeah, because I mean, that's Gonzaga's a lock, BYU's a lock, and then
0: San Francisco. And- San is close to a lock.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, would, I would say – I was about to say they're pretty much a lock, but they just got to keep playing how they are and only lose pretty much two or three games. And then St. Mary's could get a, a bid. I mean, that's three or four right there.
0: Yeah. So, uh crazy year in college basketball, which we love it. So, yeah. but, yeah, before really, before we before I wrap this up here, it, yeah, Florida State and Miami, I totally agree, number two and number three. Well, Leonard Hamilton. I think us not talking about Leonard Hamilton is like the biggest compliment we can give to Hamilton yeah. because we know everything about his teams and they are so consistent every year. Athletes, really good athletes. Uh, scrappy on defense, couple good outside, and like we don't even need to. It's like we, everybody knows that if you're a college, you know that Florida State is. They've been that for the past like decade. Yeah, and in fact, he's kept them that consistent and at home and that good in overtime games really a testament to how good and lucky like rated of a coach he is so yeah i think that'll wrap things up for us here episode 12 a little longer of an episode today but we had a lot to talk about so that's always good um any words Colin? i know you might have a couple last words
1: uh well yeah actually i have a few things now that, now that you mentioned that so first this will probably be like three or four things first just yeah. quick update um we have a conference rank ranking the conference top 10 conferences post that'll be out in the next day or two um the next show we the two things that we were planning for next show that like aren't always happening the two different things are you have to come back monday to see what obviously to see what we name the computer because i mean that'll be exciting <laughs> finally getting it might an,
0: be the most important yeah. thing yeah on, on this show so far
1: and Uh, The other thing is, um, oh, we will most likely either final four or elite eight picks for an about midway through the season. Um, We'll have our midway point-ish final four or elite eight picks by hopefully Monday. Maybe it's Thursday, but next week we'll have those. And um, last, I just have to reiterate. I mean, Indiana, Purdue, Indiana getting it done. When it matters most, undefeated at home this year, snapped a nine-game losing streak at Purdue. I and mean, yeah, I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it: Indiana's the best team in the country, <laughs> at least the state, right now. I can say yeah. that to myself. Oh. They beat Notre Dame and state. Purdue, so state.
0: Um, Mike Woodson. Did Archie ever have a win this big? I, I don't even know. He's never
1: beat him. Purdue and. No, this is the biggest win since Kentucky under Tom Crean. And, I mean, that's the last time they rushed the court um, because they did tonight. And the last time they did was that buzzer beater when they were unranked against number one Kentucky um, at Assembly Hall, too. And it was under Tom Crean. It was like – it was – the 10-year anniversary was this December, actually. And um, most of the players on that team I have on this hat, too. Christian Wofford hit that shot. I remember watching that game, too. I had candy stripe pants on that night too, but um, yeah, I mean, it's super exciting for the future because they played m- most of the game without Trace Jackson Davis. He played less than 15 minutes because of foul trouble and Indiana played great without him, which is just really nice to see that they have a future and they have a team that doesn't have to rely on him. Cause I mean, we all know he'll be gone after this year and most of the guys will still be there. If not all of them, uh, will be next year, so there is a bright light for next year in the next few years under Coach Whitson. Yeah,
0: it's a lot, those lot my, yeah, those are my last of my last few words. Yeah, and there's a lot, a lot more to be excited about than you've passed. I'll definitely say every... that. Oh, and
1: one more thing, real quick Monday's the Indiana review, They've, they will have played three games, maybe they'll be ranked Monday. So, that's another reason to come back. But that's yes. it. That's where.
0: That's it. Indiana review, possibly final four picks. If not, we'll definitely have those Thursday. Naming the computer. <laughs> That'll be the episode,
1: like the title of the episode. <laughs> computer gets named. naming the computer. I'll name that the episode.
0: We we have we're we're building stories as we go here. We've only been on air for about a month and a half. <laughs> and we, all these stories are starting to form together. I can't think of any better reason. I can't think of a reason not to come back on Monday.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking of this now, but like another thing is we just posted a mid-major graphic. Um, Malachi Smith um, was our, on Chattanooga was our. Shout out Malachi Smith
0: and Barstool Chattanooga.
1: Yeah. They were, he was our mid-major player, Dean's mid-major player on Monday. Um, I made a graphic and posted to Instagram and it was Dean's idea to tag um these players because I mean, why not tag them if we're making a graphic for them? Right. And he's texted me this idea of, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday and within 30 minutes of tagging, he posted it. Barstool's, uh, Chattanooga's Barstool reposted it. So that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, hopefully it happens in the future, but uh, Malachi Smith is definitely the
0: leading mid-major player
1: candidate for this year so far. Yeah, yeah. Of that.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll, by the time we're done, we can have like a whole like list of, yeah. He'll be friend. the back for this. <laughs> Friends of the show. Malachi <laughs> Smith is our first friend of the show for reposting that. So, shout out. Even if he never responded to us asking if he wanted to come on the podcast, doesn't matter. He recognized us. Good enough for me. Yeah. So done. Last 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 words. Yeah. Come back on Monday. I can't guarantee and- it, but like, yeah, I think I'll be done. I'll just mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. We're wrapping it up now. He did. He did mute it. So come back on Monday. As you can see, there's a lot of things to come back for. Episode 13, going to be great. We'll see you guys all next time.